Episode 71, Church History, Part 27. In the 14th century, the papacy was undermined by chaos and division, causing the Great Schism. Urban and his clergy versus Clement and his clergy. Clergy on the sidelines were not happy with Urban nor Clement and were forming their own ministry and theology like Wycliffe, who opposed the chaos and grandiosity of the current papacy. And even though the papacy labeled Wycliffe and others like him heretics, their message would still spread. Education, classical arts, literature, science, architecture, and humanism, which is the belief that man is the center of his universe, was progressing, and by the 15th century, it was exploding. In 1450 AD, the invention of the Gutenberg printing press allowed for improved communication throughout Europe and for ideas to spread more quickly for history.com. As a result of the advancement in communication, traditional Greek and Roman culture and values were printed and distributed to the masses. Banking, international finance, and trade would usher in the period of the Renaissance. In 1453 AD, the Ottoman Turkish Empire invades Constantinople and ends the Byzantine Empire. The capture of Constantinople, a city which marked the divide between Europe and Asia Minor, also allowed the Ottomans to more effectively invade mainland Europe, eventually leading to Ottoman control of much of the Balkan Peninsula. The conquest of Constantinople and the fall of the Byzantine Empire was a key event of the late Middle Ages and is sometimes considered the end of the medieval period. For Charles Foster in the conquest of Constantinople and the end of the empire. History.com states, in the centuries leading up to the final Ottoman conquest in 1453 AD, the culture of the Byzantine Empire, including literature, art, architecture, law, and theology, flourished even as the empire itself faltered. Byzantine culture would exert a great influence on the Western intellectual tradition as scholars of the Italian Renaissance sought help from Byzantine scholars in translating Greek pagan and Christian writings. This process would continue after 1453 when many of these scholars fled from Constantinople to Italy. Long after its end, Byzantine culture and civilization continued to exercise an influence on countries that practice Eastern Orthodox religion, including Russia, Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia, and Greece, among others. Scholars in Italy focused on Greek literature and humanism, also known as liberal arts. Nigel Tebbs in Philosophy and Modern Liberal Arts Education states, the liberal arts were the continuation of ancient Greek methods of inquiry that began with a desire for a universal understanding. History.com. Humanism encouraged people to be curious and to question wisdom, particularly that of the medieval church. It also encouraged people to use experimentation and observation to solve earthly problems. As a result, many Renaissance intellectuals focused on trying to define and understand the laws of nature and the physical world. Some Renaissance intellectuals were Leonardo da Vinci, an Italian painter, architect, inventor, and Renaissance man responsible for painting the Mona Lisa, the Last Supper, and the famous picture of Jesus Christ. Desiderius Erasmus, scholar from Holland who defined the humanistic movement in Northern Europe, translator of the New Testament into Greek. René Descartes, French philosopher and mathematician, regarded as the father of modern philosophy, famous for stating, I think, therefore I am. 
Galileo, an Italian astronomer, physicist, and engineer whose pioneering work with telescopes enabled him to describe the moon of Jupiter and rings of Saturn. Michelangelo, an Italian sculptor, painter, and architect who carved David and painted the Sistine Chapel in Rome and the creation of Adam. Art, architecture, and science were closely linked during the Renaissance. In fact, it was a unique time when these fields of study fused together seamlessly. For instance, artists like da Vinci incorporated scientific principles such as anatomy into their work so they could recreate the human body with extraordinary precision. Scientific discoveries led to major shifts in thinking. Galileo and Descartes presented a new view of astrology and mathematics, while Copernicus proposed that the sun, not the earth, was the center of the solar system. Renaissance art was characterized by realism and humanism. Artists strived to depict people and objects in a true-to-life way. Pope Eugene IV embraced the Italian Renaissance and invited artists to the city and allowed them to display their artistry in churches and buildings and palaces. He also named six of his nephews as cardinals because after the Great Schism, they decided that cardinals could only elect the Pope, so Pope Eugene rigged the system. Thomas Noble, history professor of the University of Notre Dame, states, Pope Paul II, whose real name, Perotho Barbo, was a nephew of Eugene IV. Pope Alexander VI, named Rodrigo Borga, was a nephew of Calactus III. Pope Pius III, Francesco Todeschini, was the nephew of Pius II. Pope Julius II, Giuliano della Rovere, was the nephew of Sictus IV. And the Medici family produced two popes in this period, Pope Leo X and Pope Clement VII. The Renaissance popes after Eugene all had different missions. Pope Nicholas V wanted to establish Rome as the main political city in Italy. Pope Calactus III started ringing the bells at midday to remind everyone to pray for the Crusaders. Pope Pius II wanted reform from the corrupt clergy and issued a bill opposing the slave trade. Pope Paul II was an obese, glutton drunk involved in sodomy. Pope Sixtus IV bribed his way to become Pope. He even plotted an assassination against the Medicis of the Florentine banking family and started a war. He also appointed his nephews as cardinals. Pope Innocent VIII had two illegitimate children. He was consumed in stopping magicians and witches involved in witchcraft and prosecuted those involved, even those who were innocent. Pope Alexander VI, who was Spanish, had relations with many women and fathered illegitimate children as well. One of his children was named Cesare Borga, his alleged gay son. Pope Alexander VI placed Cesare as a cardinal, but then he resigned. Pope Alexander then placed Cesare as the commander of the papal army to capture territory in Italy. Cesare employed Leonardo da Vinci as the military architect and engineer. He was known for having relations with some of his male students. Nevertheless, Cesare and Leonardo worked together, and rumors were they were more than friends, but alleged lovers. So Leonardo decides to paint Jesus Christ, and the picture was inspired by his friend, Cesare, the alleged gay son of Pope Alexander VI. 
Clearly, he didn't bother to read Revelation 1.14 because the last we checked, Isaiah had bronze skin and hair like wool. After Alexander and Cesare dies, Pope Pius III takes the throne to enforce reform, but he dies shortly after office, which allowed the Medici family to take the papacy throne with Pope Leo X. As the Italian Renaissance was taking place with culture and arts expanding, other Europeans were in the sea exploring land to steal. History.com states, Voyagers launched expeditions to travel the entire globe. They discovered new shipping routes to the Americas, India, and the Far East, and explorers trekked across areas that weren't fully mapped. As the Renaissance was taking place in the 15th century, the European Portuguese invaded Madeira, Azores, and Cape Verde to build and expand their trading empire. They were trading gold and ivory, pepper, cotton, sugar, and then slaves. Historians believe these slaves were the ancient Israelites who had dispersed from their homeland in Jerusalem and were now living in West Africa and surrounding areas. Paul Allard in Slavery and Christianity states, The 15th century Portuguese exploration of the African coast is commonly regarded as the harbinger of European colonialism. In 1452 AD, Pope Nicholas V issued the papal bull Dom de Versailles, granting Afonso of Portugal the right to reduce any Saracens, pagans, and any other unbelievers to hereditary slavery, which legitimized slave trade under Catholic beliefs of that time. The approval of slavery was reaffirmed and extended in the Romanist Pontifex Bull of 1455 AD. These papal bulls came to serve as a justification for the subsequent era of the slave trade and European colonialism. Although for a short period, as in 1462, Pius II declared slavery to be a great crime, historians note that Pope Eugene IV supported the public decree of slavery and Pope Nicholas V gave the papal bull or decree allowing Portugal, who were devout Christians, to put our people in slavery based on them being Christians or not. We were not Christians. We were Hebrew Israelites following the Torah. The decree authorized the king of Portugal to conquer Saracens or Arabs and pagans or non-Christians and force them into perpetual servitude, also known as chattel slavery. Catherine Gerbner in Christian Slavery, Conversion and Race in the Protestant Atlantic World states, The papal bull also granted the Portuguese crown the authority to act as the head of the church in Africa and later in Brazil, a right known as the Pedro do Rio. In 1454 AD, Nicholas V reconfirmed his support for Portuguese exploration and expansion in his brief Romanist Pontifex. Later popes reiterated the grants in 1456 AD and 1481 AD and 1514 AD. Pope Eugene IV, Pope Nicholas V, Calactus III, Sixtus IV, Leo X were some of the Renaissance popes who believed and followed the papal bull of chattel slavery for all non-Christians. Pope Pius II was the only pope in the Italian Renaissance that opposed slavery. And their decision to place our people from Africa in slavery was based on whether or not we were Christian. Our people followed the Torah. They didn't need Christianity. And why in the world are we still in this religion of Christianity? Let that sink in. 
1483, the Portuguese explorer Daogo Cao sailed up the uncharted Congo River, finding Congo villages and becoming the first European to encounter the Congo Kingdom. Ka left men in Congo and took Congo nobles to Portugal. He returned with the Congo nobles in 1485. The king of Congo became allies with Portugal and converted to Christianity. Portuguese missionaries would spread their Roman Catholic Christian religion to the Congo. KingdomPreppers.org state, Slavery had been practiced in Africa for centuries prior to the arrival of the Portuguese, and it took on a new life. After European kingdoms crossed the Atlantic, African elites were able to supply the Europeans with slaves from their territories, and many of these slaves were the descendants of the ancient Israelites. The kingdom of Ghana, for instance, once ruled by Israelite kings, eventually collapsed, forcing its Hebrew subjects into other African territories ruled by various tribes. Arab chronicler al-Zuri wrote of the Barbara and Amima people who were frequently captured as slaves. Michael Gomez in African Dominion, A New History of Empire in Early and Medieval West Africa, writes concerning these people. It is not clear who the Amima or Babara were, though the latter were regarded as strong, impetuous, brave, and skilled in war, the most noble and aristocratic of men to whom the Amir of Ghana was related. Said to inhabit the middle of the desert, they may have been a branch of San Inki. The Amima, on the other hand, are identified as impoverished Jews who read the Torah and were involved in the import business. These readers of the Torah, captive Israelites, no less, bore a similar skin complexion to the native Africans, which is primarily why they were able to assimilate into various tribes and adopt their culture. And many African tribes were comprised of ancient paganized Israelites from the northern kingdom who fled the Assyrians in the 7th century BC. Portuguese vessels carried an estimate of 5.8 million people from Africa into slavery. They were mostly taken to Brazil, a Portuguese colony. As the Portuguese made their mark in trading slaves, Christopher Columbus and his daddy were trading slaves as well. Christina Snyder, assistant professor of American studies at Indiana University, states, Columbus, even before he came to the Americas, he had participated in the African slave trade. This was a trade that people in Spain and Portugal in particular had started, engaging in in the 15th century. He and his father were both participants and had bought and sold West Africans in Europe. However, to complete his African slave trade conquest, he needed financing, so he submitted proposals to the king of Portugal, different monarchs, and the queen to finance his mission. Eventually, the Catholic monarchs gave him an allowance of 14,000 coins of gold and silver as an annual salary. Yes, Christopher Columbus got an annual salary to be a land stiller and a slave catcher. The rest of the money he needed for his mission was financed by the Florentine bankers. In April 1492, capitulations of Santa Fe, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella promised Columbus that if he succeeded, he would be given the rank of Admiral of the Ocean Sea and appointed Viceroy and Governor of all the new lands he could claim for Spain. On October the 12th, 1492, Christopher Columbus became the first European since the Viking era to infringe on land not his and call it the New World. He set foot on an island in which he named San Salvador, known today as the Island of the Bahamas. He then claimed the land for the Catholic King and the Queen of Spain. 
KingdomPreppers.org states, For roughly the next 150 years, in what is considered the age of discovery, Europeans would spread their colonies throughout the Americas and establish new trade routes to the Far East, where its riches could be directly enjoyed. During this 150-year period, the church would dispatch Jesuit priests as well as friars and monks from the Franciscan and Dominican orders to carry out missionary work while living among the natives who inhabited the colonies. In contrast to the monks and priests, Christian conquerors forced many natives to convert via the point of a sword. Norman Cantor, The Civilization of the Middle Ages, states, When Christopher Columbus, flying the Spanish flag, landed in the islands off the coast of America on October the 12, 1492, Spain possessed only the Canary Islands and the remnants of the Mediterranean Empire of Argonne. Within a few decades, it had the largest overseas empire among the European states. At the moment when the economy of the Mediterranean world was entering its last decades of prosperity, Spain was in the forefront of the expansion of Europe into the unknown lands of America and the Orient. Spain's only rival was Portugal, who had survived the unification of the Iberian Peninsula to remain an independent state. Portugal had spent the last half of the 15th century exploring the west coast of Africa. The original impetus given to Portuguese exploration by Prince Henry the Navigator had made Portuguese seamen the most advanced in geographic and maritime knowledge in Europe. Soon after Columbus landed in America, Vasco da Gama rounded the Cape of Good Hope and completed the voyage to India by the eastern route. His successors established the Portuguese Empire. There you have it, two Iberian empires, Spain and Portugal, fulfilling the European calling of stealing land and forcing Christianity on everyone as the papacy ensured all monarchs in Portugal and Spain converted all lands stolen to Christianity. The Europeans would go on to colonize Central and South America, and then, of course, North America, where we come to the Atlantic slave trade. Israelites, Moors, taken from their homeland and shared amongst the European nations and forced to work for free and forced to convert to the Roman Catholic Christian religion and the rituals. Pope Eugene IV prohibited slavery only to those who had converted or were converting to Christianity. What? Pope Nicholas V issued the papal bull in 1452 authorizing the king of Spain to attack, conquer, and vanquish the non-Christians, the enemies of Christ, wherever they may be found. Pope Sixtus IV confirmed Nicholas' bull in his own bull in 1481. Pope Innocent VIII permitted trade with merchants in which food would be given in exchange for slaves, who then could be converted to Christianity. Historians believed he enslaved Moors, the descendants of Abraham and Keturah. Slaves of Pope Innocent were called Moro, meaning dark-skinned man, in contrast to the Israelite Negro slaves who were called Moro Nero, per historian David Brian Davis. Pope Alexander VI issued three bulls in 1493, granting rights and territories in the West, South, the islands, mainlands, and ocean to different kings of Spain, just like Nicholas V. Listen, all these bulls were a bunch of bull. The idea of slavery being the punishment for not converting to Christianity was a bunch of bull because they needed our people to teach the Europeans and to build their empire on all this land they were stealing. 
The Roman Catholic Christian Church built their empire on stealing lands, starting wars, the feudal system, tax, tithing, Christian conversions, and now heavily involved in enslaving Moors and Israelites. This is the foundation of the Roman Catholic Christian Church, which had nothing to do with the teachings of Isaiah or the Torah, but was used as a controlling mechanism for the masses and to justify their crimes. Joel 2.20 But I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he had done great things and great here means twisted large in body mind and pride malachi 1 yet i loved jacob and i hated esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness as we seek truth please seek truth with us please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or come it here we don't claim to know everything we just seek the god of abraham isaac and jacob that knows everything let truth roar, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.